My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to this week's episode of the Oddscast podcast. I'm Donald DeLeo, alongside Joe Delera, Terry Takes, producer Corey. It is September, and there are too many sports to bet. we got the NFL Week 1 coming up next week after Labor Day. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs underway. Got PGA Tour, FedEx Cup playoffs still finishing up. Kentucky Derby this weekend. We got a lot to cover, so we are going to go back to our original odds cast back when we were just starting out that format where we would do weekly NFL picks, kind of more segmented episodes, but Terry, Joe, just wanted to tell the listeners how excited we are that the NFL is back, A, which was kind of our birth as a podcast, and B, just what to expect in terms of format and content. So I'm excited to bring back some of the, the more popular segments that we had in the beginning of our, our journey together as, as sports gambling podcasters, but it's just going to be a clusterfuck, for lack of a better word. Can't wait. Ever. Did you say fuck? <laughs> oh, it's a family program. Like, like <laughs> it's just, I don't know if, like, people have yet to come to terms or really understood that there's going to be the NBA Finals and the NHL Stanley Cup Finals during the NFL season. I'm so hard. You can't <laughs> I, see I right mean, now, but. I don't know. I'm like... I'm like a, a child whose parents like separate and then it's like you hear that they're getting back together. I'm not going to celebrate until they're both sitting at the Thanksgiving dinner table together. Not screaming. I think time. once we get to like the comp, the NBA and like the NHL conference finals, I think it's going to be time to put in like another championship parlay uh, <laughs> at that point in time. So, because, you know, Dom and I have the Lightning and the Lakers uh, title parlay, which looks uh, looks decent right now. But Yeah, I, I'm gonna, I was going to ask you to touch on the NBA playoffs. I mean, Joe does his daily articles. I think you're covering the Celtics-Raptors series for Action Network right yeah, now. Yeah, it's been a – been a, that's a series, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to have you touch on the NBA playoffs in a bit. Uh, the NHL playoffs, yes, you are right. We had that Lightning-Lakers parlay. Uh, we had our experts on at the beginning of the NHL playoffs. Everyone that we had on, we all picked the, the Lightning to win it. They are, as of now, I mean, recording this, uh, what is this, Tuesday night? Wednesday. Wednesday night. Sorry. Wow. Wednesday, Wednesday night. So <laughs> the, the Lightning are the only team in the semifinals, in the conference finals, as of right now. Uh, the Stars could join them, depending on how the game turns out. But three one right if, now. If you did not bet the lightning after listening to that podcast, shame on you. But there is still some time probably to bet them game by game. I looked at their lines and they're under plus two hundred right now. Um, but at the time they were I think plus six hundred. They got up to plus nine hundred when they lost the first game to the Bruins. And, you know, like I said, it, it the the train the bolt bus did leave the station, but you could probably catch up and uh, hop on it a little bit. Joe, NBA playoffs, the Bucks are down 0-2. Raptors are down yeah. 0-2. Eastern Conference looks to be a little 
nuts. I, I'm not nuts. I mean, it's, it's, a little, it's a little lopsided right now, but oddly, it's it's weird. It's definitely weird. I mean, uh, the Bucks the Bucks have a matchup problem with Miami, um, and it's literally the it's a math problem. It's the same reason why, like you know, I we're watching the Rockets play the Thunder right now. It's the exact reason why, like the Rockets are a problem for the Lakers and even the Clippers. Um, just because of the volume of threes that they shoot. Miami shoots the second most threes in the league. So, and the Bucks give up that shot. So if, the, if they're going to hit that, uh, you know, it's hard for the Bucks to, you know, hit layups and dunk their way to uh, winning that game. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we see some more long series. We've already had two game sevens in the NBA playoffs, but down 0-2, both of those teams, you think the NBA is actually going to let a Heat Celtics Eastern Conference Finals happen? Dude, I mean, they were trying their asses off tonight to make the Bucks win. They called like every like there was a, there was one graphic I think in the second quarter, uh, the Bucks had eleven free throws and the Heat had none. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like you know, I, I think that they want Giannis in there. But think about it though, Miami and Boston are huge markets, um, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't think that that's that would not be a, a bad scenario. Uh, for them I think that you know I think if they can get a Celtics Lakers title that's that would be ideal moving on to the Western Conference real quick uh, the Lakers have been sitting and waiting do you think that that's an advantage for them in this bubble or a disadvantage Uh, I think that it's an advantage they can kind of turn it on Um, you know we saw them they obviously dropped game one to the Blazers but, uh, you know, you saw them turn on a switch, and it's just totally different. And I think that since they got to advance, they got to spend some time with their family, they got to relax, I think that they're going to be in a really good headspace uh, going into uh, this next game against either the Rockets or the Thunder. Did we, we didn't have a podcast since they since the Bucks canceled or, or, or boycott. No. It's a boycott and a strike. I, I like the term as a strike. Um, because it's it's that's normally what you see when workers refuse to work. It's a strike, not a. Because it's funny to think of them as employees. They're employees. They're yeah, employees. No, yeah. I strike every day. <laughs> but there was there was an interesting point in time there where we didn't know if the NBA playoffs were going to continue, um, and you know I just wanted to to get your thoughts on that. And whether or not, I mean, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I mean, there's not much to say in terms of the actual product on the, on the court, but it's, I I mean, what, I mean, I think it was, it was an interesting move. I I don't, I don't disagree with what they did. I think that what was, they were getting some flack or there were some people that were give, you know, giving some pushback because the bucks basically just unilaterally made that decision and Mm -hmm. then it kind of forced everybody else's hand. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think that was really where there was pushback because they were, and I think a lot of that was led by, uh, by LeBron because, you know, he was saying, we, we have to have a plan. Like, what are we, what are we boycotting? And like, we don't even know what we're asking for. Striking, Um, striking. So striking, striking. So, I mean, it wouldn't, I think once they came, once they came together with a plan with the owners, um, then I think, or the governors, uh, I think it's better now. Yeah, the governors, I, I think, and and, the, and what they did was cool. I mean, like, you know, yeah. having forcing the team's hands to provide. I know LeBron's been huge on voter rights, finding poll workers to kind of support yeah. this initiative to vote and, you know, broaden the, the scope of, of democracy. I think that what they did, what they ended up doing was cool, like allowing those stadiums and arenas, especially <clears throat> in a time like this where – 
you know, especially in more crowded, more urban areas, like going into these schools, like there's a pandemic going on, like long lines, like the, the stadium atmosphere, if you're not doing vote by mail, is actually pretty good. And I think, it, you know, it worked. And, and I think that it's, it was cool to see. I think it makes sense that the Bucks were the team to start it off, even though LeBron is yeah. kind of in the, the mouthpiece for this, just because of their relationship with uh, Wisconsin, where the latest, uh, you know, where, where Kenosha is. And also they're, I think it was Sterling Brown, their player, I think in 2018. Oh, that was the guy in the box, yeah. Yeah, who was basically just like assaulted and like tased. At like by, a Walgreens by, or something. Yeah, in like, yeah. A, in like a parking lot. So their relationship with, with policing has been – uh definitely more cursed and more just just it in, felt in it. Their it's like hit home a little bit more yeah it's I wonder home a little why. bit more for them uh-huh. but no but in terms of just just overall i mean obviously a lot you know the majority of the athletes in the nba probably have very poor experience I mean, I, growing up I, but it, but it makes sense yeah. that the bucks did it um even though lebron has kind of been the mouthpiece for the um the push for voting rights absolutely i mean absolutely for for police reform so it's it's yeah but either way i think it's part of why lebron's the goat he actually talks (laughs) about issues that are besides basketball so um yeah well maybe if he didn't he would have six championships or or he also he also probably would have gotten bounced in the first round then everybody doesn't like to talk about that tucker segment (laughs) I'm not. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Terry. But, uh, Terry Tucker. Terry Carlson. Tucker. <laughs> maybe maybe Nobody, he would have the seven, eight, or nine you promised Miami. <laughs> we do have. Uh, we did have. We did have a. We did have a an ask today. Uh, whether an or not ask? Terry was a, an ask. Uh, uh, whether or not Terry was a real person or not, or if he was just somebody that Dom and I created. Um, so, uh, well, Terry, if, do you want to give? If we were going to create a foil for myself, that was something Terry would have def- – AI Terry would have definitely said and asked right there. Yes, so. yes. Yeah, it would be a right-wing So, guy. I don't – So, it's still a mystery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm still evolving. Sure, but, uh, I'm still evolving. AI so, does learn. But <laughs> Yeah, you're learning. You're a problem. Um, so, but yeah, so with the NBA playoffs, I mean, I think that, you know, the Lakers are still I, – I, I still like the Lakers a lot to win the title. Um, and I think that the Nuggets like kind of kicked it into another gear. You're seeing another step forward with Mike Porter Jr., but you're also seeing the importance of a guy like Gary Harris, uh, who really came in in game six and put together, you know, plus 16 in 20 minutes. And then even in the in game seven, he had a minus plus minus, but um, he had like, three lockdown possessions to end that game. So I think that the Nuggets could give the Clippers a little bit of trouble, and uh, they're kind of juicy. I think they're like plus six hundred to take that series. I I, so, I would not take that. I think Lakers I'm not, Clippers. I think Lakers Clippers is written in stone. Like they're the that's two what it best seems teams. like. And whoever wins that conference finals is winning the title, in my opinion. Battle of Los yeah, Angeles. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I I mean, I tend to agree. I don't think that any of the Eastern Conference teams, especially the way the Bucks look right now are capable of beating either the Clippers or the Lakers. Yeah. And I mean, if, if the Rockets were in a different, you know, if they, if they were lined up to play the Clippers maybe, but I just don't think it, you know, Rockets and, and the Blazers, similar kind of teams, they can get hot, but at the end of the day, like yeah. seven game series, I don't think you're beating the Lakers. No, I mean, the Rockets have a better chance than the Blazers for sure. But like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it happening. And then, you know, if this game's on right now, if, 
the Thunder, if the Thunder beat the Rockets tonight, the Lakers are going to beat, are going to sweep them. So I would bet that immediately. Lakers sweep. and four. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right, but that that'll continue um, in this crazy yeah. September. Joe has all of you know he he puts out stuff online. We'll put some more videos and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that the game by game stuff could be good going forward. And then the NHL playoffs, you know, obviously we're full bolt bolt bus away, full full on the Tampa Bay Lightning. But uh, some of these series are interesting. Uh, but yeah see whether the Islanders can, can pull it out against the Flyers. I think if either one of those teams, like I think Tampa is going to win that series in five. Um, yeah. And I, the West is, the West is kind of a toss up because the, the Vegas Wait. looks like Vegas looks like the best team. Um, the avalanche are probably the best offensive team in that, in that brat in that conference, but like Dallas and Vancouver are sticking around. Dallas is, was leading the series three, one. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, I think I think the NHL product is very good. Like it's weird yeah. a little. It's a little weird without the fans, but once you get over that initial like shock reaction of just not seeing fans and not it being like overtly break your ears loud, I think that it's it's still the product <laughs> on ice is good. What I was going to say to you is, I think well, it would be two nights ago now in the Canucks Vegas game. I know you had Canucks uh, money line. But there was a little bit of controversy because at the end of the game, uh, the Nucks, like it seemed like they scored an empty net goal, which would have gotten the reverse, the alternate puck line. Um, and then the NHL was just like, fuck Guess it, you it doesn't that. matter. Um, so, well, that, that's what I'm saying, though. So, like, now that you see the NHL branding with, uh, with you know, with gambling websites like PointsBet, FanDuel, DraftKings, et cetera, like BetMGM, I feel like this is something that they have to look into and like, they have to make sure doesn't happen moving forward. Like even if the play doesn't matter to the outcome of the game, it yeah, matters no, that, for absolutely. gambling purposes. Absolutely. And you saw so. it tonight in the NBA, the NBA has it figured out because Jimmy Butler had two free throws at the end of the game. Granted, like the spread wasn't in, wasn't going to change there was some live the, the lines, result, the yeah. result. Yeah. But, but you know, there are live lines. There are people that take alternate totals. There are people that take alternate spreads and Jimmy Butler had two free throws with 0.0 on the clock. He made the first one, the game's over, but they made him shoot the second one because that is part yeah. of the game. So I think the NHL, yeah. yeah, I think they fucked up and they probably should think about that going forward, but a good point. And I saw that on yeah. Twitter, but, yeah. um, but MGM refunded the bets, I think actually on that. Um, but I haven't seen anybody else do it. Yeah. All right, moving on to the PGA Tour. Terry has been doing in the hole um, for the Barclays, not the Barclays, the FedEx Cup. It's down to 30 this week. Terry says the tournament sucks. It's not, it sucks too much to have him do a podcast on it. So, Terry, give me your quick take on the uh, Tour Championship, the 30 guys, and if you are playing this, and tell me why it sucks. Well, I'd like to clarify. I don't think this sucks. You have 30 of the best players in the world playing golf this week. It's tough. It sucks to bet on because there are only 30 guys and big long shot guy. Um, And then you have to, you kind of, if you're betting this, be careful because books offer, let me take a step back. How it works is these 30 guys, they're assigned, you know, essentially first place right now in the FedEx cup gets, it starts with at 10 under. And then so on, you know, nine under, eight under, seven under, all the way down to even par for the guys that just snuck in. So when you're betting it, you got to, first of all, see which uh, type of odds your book is offering. Is it with the starting strokes or is it without the starting strokes? 
is that'll change. Um, so it, why it sucks again, there's only 30 guys. So it's like, there's not much to bet on, you know, you try to bet a top 10, you're not really getting any good odds, but, um, it's a Donald Ross course. We're at East Lake. Uh, people I like this week. You remember Donald Ross, what's the saying, Dominic? Uh, you're long, you're wrong. Long is wrong. That's long what, is that, wrong. Long Donald is Ross. wrong. Donald Ross. Um, yeah. Event starts Friday, ends on the Memorial Day. No, Labor Day, Monday. So a nice little way to ease you back into the short week at work. Uh, bets I'm looking at, I don't – I think, you know, there's always the chance that DJ runs away with this again. Um, I mean, not again, round one, but still – uh, the past two weeks, DJ has been on. Uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at top ten. You got Tony Fee now. That's that's with the strokes. Top ten. Uh, oh, nice Fee, strokes. How many? Fee now is get? starting at two under, and just you know, top ten is four under. That's where they're starting. Um, so he only needs to make up two strokes. Uh, he's plus money at plus one thirty eight. On DK, a guy that just finishes in the top five every single week, I think, you know, is a good bet. Anytime you can get Tony Finau plus money in top 10, and, you know, it's just the top third of the guys in the field. In terms of matchups, I'm going to continue fading Bryson DeChambeau. Again, with his new length, even though he's played these courses before, it's like he's playing for the first time, as he said at the beginning of the restart. So, you got to see this as him playing the course for the first time. You got Daniel Berger. Uh, so I'm taking Berger over Bryson minus 110. Berger is not in the Masters as of yet. So this is his essentially his last shot to, you know, show off for the Masters selection committee per se to get him that, that special invite um, to get a chance to put on the green jacket in November. So I do, I do like Berger, who's been playing good golf, and he had his his worst finish was a T twenty five last week, where of of the restart, where it seemed like no one um, knew how to play golf. Um, so I, the, that's what I like this week. I don't really like any winners. I, I it, it, nothing really sticks out at me. You, I don't know if you have any thoughts about this. It's it's I. You know, I, like the odds are weird, like you said, just because these guys start out with with strokes. Um, I think John Rahm is deservedly the number one player in the world right now. I think that maybe I'll bet live, you know, on on Sunday or Monday. But I just it, there's too much. It, it's just it's not a like you said. I I, I agree. It's not really a, a an event I'm excited about betting. So. But considering uh oh, go ahead sorry no i'll, I'll watch it I, I watch it but and i'm that probably means i'll end up betting it. <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> but uh it'll be probably a live bet considering what you guys have both said i the points bet has a booster for dustin johnson or john rom to win the tour at plus 100 and from minus 150 is that something that like you're interested in or probably not no wait say definitely that not they boosted it's uh, Dustin Johnson or John Rahm to win from minus 150 to plus 100. But it's, I feel like the odds are like really short for golf, right? Like, yeah, I don't, I'm not trying to bet even money on a winner. I mean, one yeah. other guy I would consider uh, maybe for a top five, Patrick Reed, five to one. 
finished top 10 at Wyndham, another Donald Ross course, a guy that's just a competitor. He hasn't been playing incredibly great, but still um, he generally rises up to the occasion in these, these type of events. And also, I mean, a T5 to rocket mortgage last year, another, another Donald Ross course. So I, that's that's another person I'll, I'll probably look to bet with the strokes to top five. He's starting at, I believe, six, T6. He is T, is that, oh, sorry, T11, starting minus three. So, I mean, he has to make up, you know, two strokes to get into the top five. Um, so that's someone who can get hot with the putter and can can climb up the leaderboard too. Yeah, some of these bets look fun, though. I mean, top 10 tour championship without starting strokes, like some of these guys, like Camp Champ is plus 500. Um, Neiman's plus 250. Like, they only got to beat 20 other golfers. So, it's it's, it's yeah. interesting. You, you can take some flyers deep down the board if you want. Sebastian but, Munoz, who can score. He plays well last week. Um, I'm sure – what what uh, i would just look for guys that can that i mean are you talking about with strokes or without strokes without strokes oh, okay never mind then <laughs> i was gonna say if it's do with strokes just look for guys that that can go low yeah i was gonna say because it's a different format right like since you have the strokes so like do you think that there's better value are you betting without the strokes in this type of contest uh, i mean yeah I don't know. I don't know. I would yeah. rather bet with. Well, I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, the guys at the top, like, they might, would they play, like, are they going to play differently than God? Yeah, because they have a lead. Yeah, I mean, so, like, Rom, kind of Rom might not. Rom, Rom, when he was leading at the Memorial, was still firing away at pins, even though he had like a six shot lead. Yeah, I forget uh, who was leading last year, but I think they like their lead was gone. You know, after day one, like it, it's it's a, it's still a four round golf tournament, so. I mean, just because you go yeah. in with a, a two-stroke a lead, little bit of a if DJ goes yeah. in with two-stroke lead doesn't mean, you know, um, anything's going to change yeah. there. Like, you still got to win. Got it. Um, moving Fair. on before we talk, before we take a break, and then we'll talk about the NFL after. Kentucky Derby is this Sunday. Churchill Downs. Tis the Law is a three to five morning line favorite. That's absurd for an 18-horse it's race. It's insane. It's insane. Um, Absolutely insane. But the horse is absurd. Like I'm looking at time form. So good. 120, 120 fig at Saratoga on August 8th, 120 fig at Belmont June 20th. Um, You know, this is a horse that closes extremely well. Won the Travers, won the Belmont. I, I, I don't, it's like, he's either going to win this going away or he's not going to finish in the top three. Like, He's starting at the outside post. Um, he's he's got the 17 post, so he's going to be coming in from the outside. And this is a, just a different race than he's ever run because there's twice as many horses in this race than there were in the Belmont, which was nine horses. So it's I don't know whether you've talked to your your pony guys, Joe, but I don't know what they're no, saying. I, um. I, I did not just just that tis the law is so is like it's obviously the horse is obviously so good, but it's just like to lay three to five on an eighteen horse race is brutal, you know. Yeah. So 
Um, I, I, I don't know if you can really – like, unless you're going to put it at the top and then wheel other horses on some exotic bets, like, maybe that's how you can play it. But, I, like, I'm not going to bet tis to win. I'm probably going to do a little bit more. And no, it's, look, tis the, you know, like, it's tis the law, not tis the win. <laughs> yeah, tis, tis, like, I'm looking at, you know, like, you got, uh, you know, you got Honor – who won the Santa Anita Derby, didn't run at the Belmont, it's five to one. Um, authentic won the Haskell in, you know, Oceanport at good old Monmouth Park, you know, our, our stomping grounds, that horse is eight to one. So, I mean, like, and there's some options there. And if you really just want to throw some darts, you're going to get some crazy odds in this race. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it, it, horse racing, horse racing is tough to begin with. And then when you make it an 18 horse race with uh, like almost a prohibitive favorite, it kind of gets weird to handicap. Oh yeah, man! Um, I mean, um, in, in honor of March Madness, storm the court. Come on, R.I.P. March Madness. <laughs> like I'm not a big Manny Franco guy either as the jockey, and it's just uh, he's not trained by a uh, like tag is not like a huge trainer. Like he's not a Baffert. Um, so it's yeah. it's it's tough. I mean, obviously the horse might be the might be the best horse since like American Pharaoh, but it's I tell I will tell you if if Tis the Law does not win this race, you will be able to make a absurd amount of money on some pick threes because this horse is going to be single. Oh, yeah. to to death um, in in the in the horizontals. So Whoa. yeah, I mean I I think yeah I I mean you could do you could basically do anything too like if you. If you put Tiz, uh, Tiz the Law to come in second on it, some exacted, like if you did all and then Tiz the Law, which would be an absurd, like exactly, like make, make a couple decisions for yourself, but um, that's going to pay too because <laughs> everybody's going to have it on top. Yeah. I, it's, it's interesting too because with no crowds, like, the, like the horse is probably not even going to get spooked. Like it's just like, it's going to no. be, it's going to be like a training session. I mean, obviously it'll be probably a bit bigger and there'll be a little more fanfare. I, I don't know who they're lending into the track, but um, I was actually reading that there's going to be protests at the outside of the track because uh, this is in Louisville, which, you know, Brianna Taylor, like protests has been going on for True. like a month. So some of these groups are seeing how big this event could be. And Louisville actually is planning increased security for Derby Day protests. Um, I'm reading an article now from WDRB, which I guess is a like a local affiliate in in Louisville, a local news affiliate. And like people are just like, I, I actually I don't feel bad for people who are like sports in my escape, blah, 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 but like they gotta be like you gotta like not watch anything if you want an escape. Sports has yeah, been political I mean, or, forever. Or, the end. No, I know. I agree. But just, like, it's, this is like, gotta be funny. Like, it's funny to me for me to think about someone um, who is like, like, I don't like caring about who kneels for the anthem or some other. Ooh, well, the funny, way. I mean, the funny part about like that is that that actually doesn't impact the game. Like, <laughs> like it's like, it literally isn't a part of the game. Like it'd be one thing, like, when you know it's one thing like when you know there was the nba strike like that literally impacted the game the games didn't yeah. happen so i mean like and it's not even get, during like, the game like, like yeah. Yeah, in the nba like you know there there's black lives matter on the court like on the they're court, yeah. uh, on the jerseys like so i thought we were talking about horse racing what we are then? but i'm saying like people who especially nascar like every like i'm just it's it's funny that 
I mean, it's not funny just because kind of just the world we live in, but that the Kentucky Derby is still um, not immune from the no. uh, social justice movements of, of our time. So I just feel are you upset, all that, are you upset that the that oh, spent thousands of dollars on their fancy outfits who can't go this year because of this COVID thing we have, and now they might have to deal with protesters outside while they watch from their cars. Like that's so unfair to them. They need a break from their daily lives. They don't pay any taxes. That's a hard work. So I don't understand why they can't just have an escape for a day, one day, give them one day to wear their fucking thousand dollar hats and just get away from it all. I don't get it. I was going to say like, yeah, bro, they're made out of beaver. You think that shit's cheap? Well, Uh, sometimes beaver is cheap, dude. Uh, but um, Joe, get your head out of the gutter. That was gross. <laughs> gross. <laughs> the fuck I was say, Dom, like, Do you think people are gonna get upset? <laughs> like, if the horses, if the horses don't take a knee, like, you know? <laughs> no, that's when they get shot. <laughs> They're getting oh shot for sure. <laughs> Speaking of that, <laughs> I mean, there always have there always have been protests at horse racing tracks like if you go to saratoga oh, yeah, there's, like there's PETA people outside like there's always been signs are you think they're gonna team been. up will they yeah, team maybe. up with the oh, no taylor one peter's crazy um, that would PETA, be something. PETA literally but... is still they don't care about human lives <laughs> they care about the animals and that's yeah. it yeah they're was, they're mad they're mad that actual people are dying i dipped my toe in the to, like, pool they're, they're gonna crazy. have to rush there they're gonna have to rush there to get the better like picketing protest spot they'll probably um, outnumber the so PETA people yeah i want I don't know. I mean, like, do you think I think I could see the PETA people camping out? They, yeah, they are. They're strong. They're they're few in number, yeah. but my God, they're at every day of Warp Tour. They are strong. Why? <laughs> <laughs> because meat is murder, Terry. Yeah. The, the Warp Tour, Warp Tour, in terms of like artists, probably, and we are going off the rails right now. But Warp Tour probably yeah. has a higher percentage of uh, vegans than a lot of other places including the kentucky derby so and they still showed uh, up and protested well what yeah, no, that's what i'm saying are talking about <laughs> all right tis the law the last derby. last 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 thing on tis the law what do you think the line ends up at post does it get to uh, one to five like, i don't know i think that's i think it'll i think other horses will pull the pool a little bit so i think yeah. it'll probably close i think i think i don't think it'll get to one but I think it might go to two to five. There are going yeah. to be. I, I don't. I, I do not see it going over uh, one to one. I don't see it happening. I don't even if, see it hitting that. I think you're going to get it, less than yeah. one to. If it goes yeah. over one to one, I would hit it. But yeah, um, definitely. But there are going to be ninety to one horses in this race, guaranteed. Yeah, like this is that's time. the one problem with like the paramutual odds is like you have to just wait and then see what you want to see if you like it uh, more or less because the value is just not there. Uh, the same way like I think it was awesome I think DraftKings did it with the Haskell the one year and they had sports betting odds for the races and it was way better so much easier to bet so we will post I, you know I'm sure we'll talk about the derby on Twitter once it once it gets to Sunday because you know there's going to be some fanfare and and it's hard not to bet it but we will take a quick break. When we come back, we'll touch a little bit on our fantasy advice for people who still haven't drafted in fantasy. And with week one coming up next week, we will just give an update on our futures portfolios and things that have changed since we did our NFL summer series preview back in May and June. 
and we're we're I'm 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 very excited for the NFL season. I don't care if there's no fans. Um, it it sounds like, and it feels like things are things are kind of back to normal just with with the NFL. So. I want to see, see on- mom and dad at the dinner table. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see you on the other side. And we're back. NFL starting up next Thursday with the Chiefs and tight uh, Texans. Joe tweeted this out, but there is a absurd free $45 promo on, on DraftKings where you have to take the Chiefs plus 101. Um, that's the spread plus to. 101. You have to. Not the money line. Uh, so if they lose by 102, we're sorry. But it looks like, to me, a free $45 on DraftKings. Max bet is $50. So with that being said, excited for the NFL season. I wanted to talk quickly uh, now that we have had our own personal fantasy drafts and I'm not giving away any trade secrets. Uh, what your strategy is for our listeners who do have fantasy football. We're not really big fantasy football podcasts. Like, you know, there's a lot of news going around about Leonard Fournette, like, like things that don't matter in terms of actual game performances, Man. betting running backs matter. Like Leonard Fournette signing with the Buccaneers getting cut by the Jaguars means Probably nothing in the in the grand scheme of the NFL season, but no. uh, Nagakwe getting traded from the Jaguars to the Vikings has actually a little bit more has a little bit yeah. more, and like you know some of the offensive line in- injuries, uh, some of the big injuries. I know Gerald McCoy on the Cowboys is out for the season was released. Um, those things matter, but fantasy we're going to at least talk and and give the people what they want for a little bit here. I want you guys to give me your strategy, uh, broad strategy for a 0.5 PPR fantasy leagues and the draft. Personally, I think this year has a ton of wide receiver depth from like rounds three to six. So if I was in the first round and second round, I would not draft a wide receiver. I would draft two running backs um, or a running back tight end if you're, late enough to go Kittle. And I would even consider maybe picking Mahomes or Jackson early just because you could fill that wide receiver gap um, in, in the rounds that, are, that yeah. are pretty deeper. It's a deep position this year. Terry, what is your thought on the bigger kind of things to look for in fantasy football drafts? Uh, I mean, I agree. I would take running backs. Uh, it depends who's available, though. It depends where you're picking in the draft. I'm a big it-depends guy, uh, like yeah. the diapers. Um, in terms of quarterback, I would not take quarterback early. Vehemently disagree. Would take quarterback towards the end of the draft. Too many quarterbacks. Not Depends much on your league. Between. Nah, don't care. Not taking a quarterback till the end. Uh, I think it's a waste, and um, you're giving up too much if you take quarterback early. Uh, so I will vehemently disagree. You can hear it in my voice how much I disagree with you. On I I agree. I I didn't Is take that a quarterback I didn't take a quarterback late this year until late this year. But I think if you are like if you're in round three, late round three, early round four, and Mahomes and Jackson are sitting there, sure. I if yeah. if, it, if it's like late round seven, round eight, and one of uh, Dak, Murray, uh, Watson, or or yeah. Wilson are there, like the running, like the dual threat quarterback. That's what there, I did. That I mean, that's what I did. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, what I did in our drafts. I took Wilson in the seventh, I think. 
but I generally agree with you, even though you vehemently disagree with me. Joe, what is your what's your broad scale uh, kind uh, of strategy? I tend to agree. Uh, I, I like. I, I mean, I, I'm always a big running back guy. I'm always a big running back guy. You're always uh, a big agree I, guy too. Yeah, <laughs> big agree, big agree. Uh, but I but I like running backs uh, this year. Unless you can get, I feel like unless you can get Michael Thomas like towards the back end of the first round. Um, I'm going to, I'm leaning towards taking a running back in the first round. And I prefer to go two running backs if I can in rounds one and two. I think that that's a position that's always got a lot of, you know, variance. And uh, if you can get a guy that's supposed to be, you know, a bell cow, then you're in, I think you're going to be in better shape, especially in a standard, like, you know, uh, half PPR league, mm-hmm. um, you know, two wide receivers, two running backs and a flex. What, um, let's, I don't want to spend too much time on fantasy, but give like, we'll go in order, give three players you want to look at, um, and that you are definitely targeting this year in your leagues. I'll go first. We'll go me, Terry, Joe, we'll do snake, we'll do snake. Like, Ooh, okay. I'll start out with Terry McLaurin, uh, wide receiver, the Washington football team. The uh, I, I said he was my favorite fantasy player back when we did the NFC East uh, Summer Series preview. He was a top six receiver uh, per PFF in terms of his grade as an actual receiver on the field, irrespective of stats. I think that Dwayne Haskins is better than people give him credit for, and I think that Ron Rivera is going to have this team um, in contention, at least you know flirting with 500, maybe six, seven win team. Um, and I think that McLaurin is – their really sole option on offense, and I think he's the real deal. So McLaurin, I would target him. I would draft him even in the, the, the fourth round, third, fourth round, if you're at the back end of the third. Like, I don't, I don't think you should let him slip away. Whoa. Incredible. Whose turn is it? Your turn. Yours. Um, I mean, early, early round, I like Joe Mixon. He's going to get a lot of catches, a lot of carries. He'll be predominant player in that offense. So if you're to the – Now that he signed his contract. Yeah, in second round, late first round, that's that's one – that's that's a guy, a guy I like to target. Joe? I love I love Eckler this year. Um, I think you can get him, you know, towards the back end of the second round, like mid back end of the second round, depending on what you like for your team composition. But I like Eckler a lot. Um, especially if you're in a half PPR league, you know, he's going to get the receptions and uh, he's been fairly healthy. Um, so, you know, I, I like him a lot and I think that he's got some value there. And if you handcuff him, uh, it, I don't think it's the worst move either, just because, you know, the Chargers tend to use, uh, you know, a second running back. You got one more. Oh, we're snaking. Oh yeah. Fucking, I forgot snaking. Um, I, uh, I really like. Oh, I forgot that this was happening. I really wanted to draft. Uh, I really wanted to draft Christian Kirk, um, and he went in. Yeah, Kirk. You know, he went. He went in our draft in the eighth round. Um, I think that you know, I think he's going to have a good opportunity to be you know not the main guy uh, with DeAndre Hopkins to kind of taking some pressure off of him. And I think it's going to be hard to double team anyone uh, in that Arizona uh, wide receiver core. Um, so I think that he's going to have a good opportunity to, you know, maybe get to line up against like the B cornerback or so to speak and, uh, you know, go from there. And I think he's going to have a good year. Terry. I'll go, uh, I'll go late round flyer wide receiver or towards the end of the, the late rounds. So I'll go Preston Williams from the Miami Dolphins coming off an injury. 
We got Ryan Fitz as the QB, tossing it up. Again, like I said, on the pods, the preview pods, you know, I want Ryan Fitzpatrick in a, in a weird season where it's a lot of backyard football. Devontae Parker is probably going to draw the number one corner on each team. Um, so you'll see a lot of, you know, good matchups for Preston Williams, who, you know, really came on uh, last season before getting injured. So, and from all accounts, uh, he is better, quote, better than ever uh, at camp this year. So uh, that's a guy you can target late in your fantasy drafts. I will go with an earlier pick. Uh, this is a guy you can get definitely at the end of the second round. And if you're lucky, uh, mid-third round. I love James Conner this year. Uh, we've talked a lot about the Steelers on this podcast. Uh, he's one of the only running backs projected by PFF to have over 70% of his team's touches at running back. I think that he is being looped in and lumped in like after the Chris Carson tier. Uh, like the Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, like he's some, in some projections, he's even lower than those guys. But I think he actually deserves to be up there with like the Ecklers, the Drakes, um, just because I think if he's healthy, and that's the big question, if he's healthy, I think he's he's has a very good chance of being a, a running back one. So he's being drafted as like a running back two, a late running back two, but I think he's a running back one this year. And then yeah, I'm going to go with on the – late end this depending on how sharp your league is and depending on how like what news comes out next week but Debo Samuel uh for the Niners who was very good at the end of last year is hurt and not projected to start the first game but as of a couple days ago he was running full um full speed in drills has not really played contact yet but there's a very good chance that he's ready by week one and if not week one, then then week two or week three or week four, definitely by probably the latest week three or week four. But he's a guy that with that injury concern is being drafted all the way round eight, round nine, round 10. And you see this a lot with guys that are injured to start the year, come back. And a lot of people are forgetting that Debo Samuel last year uh, from weeks 10 to 16, he was the number six wide receiver um, in football. And it's it's a, a year in which the 49ers probably take a step back, but that means they're probably going to be coming from behind in games and throwing a lot more. I tweeted out this stat about Kyle Shanahan and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle Shanahan, year two with Jimmy G, because Jimmy G broke his leg the first year. Year two, Kyle Shanahan quarterbacks in their second full year have taken the biggest steps forward. It was Matt Schaub in Houston um, when Shanahan was the coordinator there. It was Matt Ryan's MVP year, his second year under Shanahan full-time. And I think that Garoppolo is going to kind of step into his own this year um, with the second full year under Shanahan. I think Debo is the best weapon on that team. So, uh, you know, aside from Kittle, uh, but you saw him, especially in the playoffs, they were running some reverses for him, getting involved even with some carries. So I think Debo Samuel could be a steal um, later on in your dress. Uh, I will go. I mean, I want to take my guy, Maddie Stafford, um, but I will go for a quarterback that you can get two rounds later in your draft, possibly might even go undrafted. Probably not. Um, Big Ben Roethlisberger coming back off injury. He's lost weight. He has a documentary out, which is like a 20 minute YouTube video. Um, Swipe up to subscribe. Uh, He was 
a top five fantasy quarterback in 2018. Last year, obviously, got hurt. I think a team that's gotten healthy, a team that's going to bounce back this year, we're all pretty high on the Steelers. You got Big Ben, who's going to chuck it around, um, and who's the focal point of, of that offense. So, fucking Rothfuss. Roethlisberger, the quarterback, was all fucking hug it, chug it, football all night. Uh, I like him in the late rounds, ADP around 130 right now. So, uh, again, that goes to my strategy, drafting quarterbacks very late. Yeah. Um, the last guy that I'm, I'm going to take is somebody that uh, Terry actually took in our draft, uh, Cam Akers. Um, I think that he's – He's getting a, I think he's getting a lot of uh, play right now, but, you know, and he's, he's kind of like a trendy pick or so to speak, but he's going to get some opportunities in that Rams backfield. Um, I don't think that Daryl Henderson is particularly good enough competition for him, and I think that he's going to have a, a good opportunity for a team that, you know, we collectively seem to like uh, when we were doing our preview pods. Um, and, you know, he's going to get some opportunities in both the run and pass game. And I think he seemed – some of the – based on the reports coming out of the camp, he seems to be a good pass blocker, which will obviously help get him and keep him on the field. Uh, so, Cam makers. All right. NFL futures. We'll get into week one as we, as we discussed earlier on the podcast. We'll do week one next week. Um, if you didn't listen to our – NFL Summer Series preview. It was one of my favorite segments uh, that we've done. We did eight episodes, kind of quick hitters on each division. Not much has really changed. Um, if anything, some of our our takes were probably stronger. Like Eagles, uh, their starting left tackle went down. We were on the Cowboys. Um, we've always been on the Steelers. We were on the Lions, even though the Vikings might look a little bit better. But I don't think anything like not much has changed. But if things have changed. And if your opinions have changed, please let our listeners know this is the time to do so. Terry. Speak any now. Of my, any of my bets? Yeah. I don't remember what they were. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet, uh, I bet all of them. Yeah. I, I mean, I still really like, like the Steelers to make the playoffs. I think that's – I think you can still get that if at MGM, the exact same odds, minus 115. I, I think you and I. I think do we all bet them? I, I love that. Yeah, um, yeah. And you can a, still, you can still, you can still put that one in. So you know, do it. Uh, um, uh, I mean, a team, a, a bet I added was uh, Browns to make the playoffs plus one twenty five. I think that everything we're hearing is that they're having pretty good camp and. Into, with seven playoff teams, I think it you'd be hard pressed not to th- think that the AFC North is going to get three teams in there. I would I would think division yeah. winner plus two wild cards. I think they're the strongest division in the AFC. Um, so with the upgrade over over Freddie Kitchens, who's now on the Giants, you're welcome, Joe. Um, I think that just with Kevin Stefanski. Helping Baker Mayfield running two tight end sets, which he's you know very Warren Sharp has documented. He's you know Baker has performed very well on get Odell healthy. I think the uh, I think it was the ringers it was the ringer Kevin Clark with the pre hype on the Browns. Um, it's hard to pick them two years in a row, but uh, so I think people are off them. But I think 
they'll bounce back this year and make the playoffs plus 125. Yeah, they're actually – and they, they made the right moves. Like, they, they added two tackles that are starting quality in uh, Jedrick Wills, the rookie that they drafted in the first uh, – I think it was pick 11 or pick 10. Um, and then they added Jack Conklin. And immediately, I think PFF has them as the sixth best offensive line in the game. Uh, Stefanski brings like kind of a more stable offense to them where they're going to be a run first offense, a lot of play action heavy, like you saw uh, Cousins do in Minnesota when he was, when Stefanski was there. I think that Baker probably likes that a little bit more and gets some more uh, open field to work with just in terms of establishing the running game with the, with the new offensive line. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Ravens didn't win that division with the Steelers and the Browns in there. Um, you know, we've seen time and time again teams that have won 13, 14 games take a big step back, and and 10 wins might not be enough to win it in division. So, Joe, what have, what's yeah. changed for you? Uh, well, I know one of the picks that we gave out before or that I gave out before was uh, that I, I did Patriots, Jets, any order um, to, in, at the top two for the AFC East. I think that the addition of Cam Newton is significant. Uh, for the Patriots and Belichick seems to be liking what he's seeing. So I, I might just move that to being Patriots one jets two because I think that we're still, or at least I am uh, still fading the bills here. Um, and I do like what I'm seeing uh, out of the jets, despite Adam Gase. So, uh, but I, I think the Patriots at plus plus one fifteen to win the AFC East are that can kind of that might be able to provide a little bit of value in some divisional parlays still uh, at plus money. I will say I will I will say that the one thing that I've changed on the most in like since our summer series preview and it may be Terry fucking being in my ear for the entire summer about the Miami Dolphins, but I have I'm not saying they're gonna win the division. But I think that this division is open enough, and I think that Flores showed a lot in terms of his coaching ability at the end of the year to get guys to buy in and actually compete in some games. I think that they have a decent chance of winning the division. I've soured on the Jets a little bit. I still like the Patriots, but it would not surprise me at all if the Dolphins go 8-8 eight and eight and win the FC East. You said I don't think win the division, just to clarify. Fins I said up. it wouldn't surprise okay. me. I'm not going to recommend it. But it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I just want to be clear the, to the listeners play the who fight need to make song. money. Miami have the Dolphins, the greatest football team. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't disagree more with Joe on the Jets. I actually added added uh, to my card Jets under six and a half, minus one fifteen. I think they're hot trash. And the fact that Adam Gase is going to put Le'Veon Bell on a 60-40 split in carries. And plays is absolutely absurd. Adam Gates hates Le'Veon Bell, and he probably won't be a Jet by the end of the season. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I like the Patriots to win that division now. Um, Anything? Sure. <laughs> Always do. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no, just, just completely, completely, <laughs> yeah. completely deflect. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just like okay. <laughs> Um, anything at the top? I know I, I was very adamant about how I think the Saints are winning the Super Bowl this year, or at least going oh, to be thirteen, like twelve or thirteen win team. Um, I was that has say, not there's changed. A promo. For me. What is the promo? There's a promo on uh, Fanduel, the NFL Road to Fifty Five. You have to opt in, and um, you get you have to place a fifty dollar or more futures wager on any NFL team to win the 
to win the title. And you get a $5 bonus for each regular season game they win uh, up to $50. So 10 wins. So it's a free 10, um, it's, so a free, it's a free $50 it's, bet on the Saints because they're definitely on the Saints. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I think like the Saints or, or, you know, I think that you probably want to use that bet on a team that you feel like is going to be good more so than like a flyer. That makes you said sense. FanDuel? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm looking, I'm looking at my card now, and I'll post my card probably like two days before the season starts. My full futures card, but I have Saints to win NFC South, Saints to win 13 out of 13 to 16 games plus 550, Saints to win the NFC plus 700, Saints to win the Super Bowl plus 1400, Saints to win all road games 40 to one at uh, MGM, and then I have uh, just a little, a little tiny, tiny action on Saints to go 16 to now. So. I do like the Saints. I, I really do. Oh, um, do you? You're a fucking addict. <laughs> I, and like this this um, revisionist history that I liked the Saints last year is just – it's stupid. I, I liked them in 2018 when they got hosed with the Rams. I, I had the futures there. I did not have futures on the, on the, the, the Saints. I liked the Rams last year, and I like the Rams again this year, but – that's that's probably the one that I'm most hesitant about. My my Rams to win the division bet five to one. Yeah. Um, I I'm leaning more towards Seattle now. Joe Seahawks at I think two thirty birds plus, plus two thirty. Um, but uh, in terms of the NFC South, we got we got my Bucks have have the Super Bowl future fifty to one I, with the addition of Leonard Fournette. They're just amassing star power. Um, and Tom Brady, the massive star power, <laughs> Leonard the, Fournette, the 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 super the the superhuman that Tom Brady is. Will be, he, they will be the first team ever to win the Super Bowl screaming in their at home me? stadium. Oh, I can't with wait. no fans. Stadium, stadium, stadium. Yeah, with no exactly. fans. Exactly. No pressure. There's no pressure then. It, do, it doesn't feel like your home stadium. Okay. All right. Except there's a giant uh, pirate, pirate ship, ship in the corner. <laughs> That's probably good for the, the, the muscle memory and the peripherals. You know, your, your, your subconscious is Fair. like, yeah, the, the, I'm home. The, this, the pirate ship is there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, the Rams are – like like we talked about in in the preview series, the Rams. It's just it would not surprise me with all the tools that they have. Best player in the best player in the NFL period, and Aaron Donald, um, Jalen Ramsey contract year. I mean, I was watching some of the hard knocks, and it just reaffirmed my belief in Sean McVay as a leader and as a coach. And then a, a year where we've always talked about continuity, and a year that we've always talked about how coaching is going to be the thing that allows teams to compete especially early on like it would not surprise me with how good they were and how really things haven't changed too much like we've talked about running backs and Todd Gurley and how that's really not that big of a deal that he's gone Cam Akers in there uh, they have some weapons and I think that they figured things out at the end of last year and I think that they can compete and it would not surprise me if they start six and two and we're sitting there week eight and the Rams are good and we're like oh yeah the Rams were good how can we forget so that was my only thing uh, a disclaimer: uh, Dom was seen wearing a Rams jersey last week, so be advised <laughs> and confirm. Yeah, even, I, even it was even it was with, it was a even Saint with Louis, Josh it was a Saint Louis Rams. Even with Josh Rosen lighting it up, the Dolphins can't. I just placed my bet on Fanduel. Let's go For Saints. What? You bet on fucking Saints. 
Let's go. I opted Let's right go. in. The road to 55. <laughs> like it's a no fucking yeah. brainer. No. Yeah, right. I already have they some cheese bets. No, they have right. narrative. Narratives win. Narrative, yeah, they, they solved the uh, American uh, polarization. In Drew their Brees, locker room. Drew Brees and Malcolm Jenkins. It's, uh, what's it, Sunshine and- I already uh, forgot. I already forgot that happened. Julius Campbell from Remember the Titans. All right, that's it for this week's episode. Covered a lot. Next week, we'll be back hard-hitting NFL week one. I'm pumped. You're pumped. Terry's pumped. Joe's pumped. Bruce Corey's pumped. optimistic. Terry hopes his parents will finally be together on a holiday. And we'll really know until week 11, though. (laughs) We're all hoping. We're all hoping. We're all praying. Um, we'll post our uh, socials for the uh, for our futures bets and other the derby tickets. And, the derby, yeah. all that stuff. Joe's doing NBA, NHL, Bolt Bus. Everything's back. Sports are back. Country coming back. Wait Auto industry Wait coming back. Wait a minute. Woo. Open Is up those possible? coal mines. Is it possible we can get a Stanley Cup finals match? and an NBA Finals match on the 21st of September? Is that too soon? Oh, is my God. No, it's too, it's too, it's too soon for the NBA. It could be good. run think the numbers fast finals. enough in my head. I think conference, I think conference finals. All right. Never mind. Finals. Wrap it up. September 21st. Fuck. You, I, I, I remember. All right. I don't get it. You will when the credits roll. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For the Oddscast, Dominic DeLeo, Joe DeLara, Terry Takes, producer Corey. See you next week. NFL starting up. Let's get it. God bless. Bye.
did it once, you're going to do it again, aren't you? Gonna try. 15 seconds, please. During what months of pregnancy does a woman begin to look pregnant? September. Something. <laughs> oh. 